Okay, welcome back to the Mindful Psychonaut podcast. So today I am going to be talking about mental health um, and not necessarily the science behind mental health. Um, Obviously some other things I will be talking about will be backed by the science, but more the things that I use um, in terms of interventions and, and tools that I use um, and the mainly the anecdotal benefits that I found from um, from from using these tools because you know it, mental health is something that everybody has it's something that you know sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad and and we need to be able to deal with these things. Um, Unfortunately, um, the world that we live in is full of suffering. It's an unbelievable, no, it's not an unbelievable, it is a believable truth to the world. Um, You know, that there is death surrounding all of us, whether it's um, roadkill on the side of the road when you're driving to work or it's a family member or it's somebody who's getting ill um, you know suffering is innate and obviously in a society now where there is less suffering um, you, you look back a couple thousand years and actually the suffering is far greater or well, not even a couple thousand years you know we've come Miles, we've come an extraordinary length to get to where we are now. Um, but suffering is still innate to what it means to be alive. Um, and with that, you know, it is, it is quite uh, depressing in some ways. You know, it is quite daunting that suffering is true. Um, because obviously there is suffering, but I think... You know, if there wasn't any suffering, you wouldn't have the contrast of love and affection. You know, those things wouldn't necessarily be as precious and um, as important to us if there wasn't any suffering. Um, so, unfortunately, we have suffering in place, or maybe fortunately, because then we have that contrast. Uh but knowing that suffering is true to our existence and to our life, we can't avoid it. You know, we'll try our best, but it does come round eventually. Um, and this quote from Jordan Peterson: "Face the demands of life voluntarily. Respond to a challenge instead of bracing for catastrophe." And I think that is so true and so. Uh, so important that just that quote there like suffering is going to occur in your life so instead of pretending that it's not going to occur um hiding from it running from it you need to prepare as best as possible you need to be um as ready for the catastrophe when it occurs the suffering when it occurs you need to be uh, as strong as possible when that occurs um, and I've just finished reading this book Man and Civilized I won it in a competition um, and have only just read it it's quite a short read um, but it talks about almost the ethos of being an uncivilized man Um, And doesn't necessarily apply to men only, but the role that men play in society and how, you know, we do have, there's 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 the term of toxic toxic masculinity that gets thrown around um, and how men are more aggressive, men are more, uh, are stronger generally. And all these traits that define a man or that predispose someone that that men have um, on average more than women uh, those differences are so key you know they shouldn't be shunned they shouldn't be shamed for who you are um, you know men are you know it, it, it's in what it means to be a man to be slightly more aggressive to be slightly stronger um, and 
it's not to necessarily like those things are bad yes those things can be bad if they are out of control the differences that we have between males and females is they they are there i think a lot of people try to or some people do try to ignore those and, and almost say that it's a societal thing the differences are there it's true um and those differences are not necessarily bad they're bad if they're not controlled you know if you get a child who is unbelievably aggressive as a like from when they're a baby all the way up to um in those early years of their life that child needs to be nurtured needs to be played with you know rough play and it needs to figure out the boundaries it needs to learn the boundaries you know aggression and and that strength that males will have over females generally needs to be not it shouldn't be uh, shunned it shouldn't be stopped at all causes okay you can't you can't be aggressive with this person because in fact that aggression is a strength it's a difference and that strength can be used for protection it can be used for um attack if needed you know if there is an enemy of whatever it might be you know the differences that set us apart need to be you, you need to understand those differences you need to be aware of them because then you can be aware of how they can get out of control and how you can use them in a controlled uh, in a controlling way to better the lives of other men and other people in society um it talks a lot about you know obviously the the statistics across men and male and females you have uh, a massive proportion of men who are in prison you know far greater than females and then a lot of people will look to that and say well males are unbelievably aggressive males are this males are that it's like yeah well males are also unbelievably suicidal compared to females and and there's there's lots of different kind of stats where males do rank higher in a lot of contrary stats um which some stats will be highlighted to support someone's argument but they'll disregard some of the other ones which might go against their argument and <clears throat> going through with the returning back to suffering and how that's innate to what it means to be alive and living in this world you need to be able to handle that suffering you need to be able to deal with the suffering and the the, the psychological tools um not just psychological tools but just the tools that i will be listing today um are ones that i have used and i have whether i used them directly knowing ah, i'm going to use this thing and it's going to help my mental health or whether i was using it for another reason and actually subsequently another add on benefit was that i was able to improve my mental health um <clears throat> but returning to this book man and civilized the there's a lot of rules to follow um or at least rules to to guide you in terms of living a being an uncivilized man and actually some of them apply to uh, just everyone being being a good person and i think one that has really stuck with me is uh know that love without strength leads to victimhood and strength without love leads to tyranny so i think with that you can stress the value of you know men are typically stronger physically and that difference and and, and obviously there are differences in there are strengths that females have over over males but it is using those strengths and using those differences to your advantage and to the advantage of other people as well um to almost try and better this community of people um cuz i think that's something that we've lost over these past few years you know lockdowns have occurred and people don't really want to see each other or people do see each other but not their neighbors and 
who even knows who their neighbors are these days. Um, you're, you're less likely to talk to someone when you see them in the street. Um, there's definitely um, a greater hostility, I, I, I feel. Um, and I think the way out of that is to try and be the change you want to see. You know, speak to people you haven't seen before if you're out on a walk and they're, you know, people who are out on a walk, go and say hi, just even if it's just a hi as you're walking by, you know, it's nice to say hi to a random stranger. It's nice to actually even say more, pick up a conversation and, and, and get to know some random person and then say goodbye and never see them again. It's It's quite a... The value of human connection is 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 very important and I think that has been lost or because we are so connected in terms of you know we're not just we don't just know our neighbors and know the village actually now we barely know our neighbors and barely know people in the village but we know people across the other side of the world because we've got the internet and we've got social media and that's almost you know, you've got such a massive input of human connection. It, it it's like it's like artwork. You know, if you have one, it's become. It, if you have one bit of art, it's very valuable. It's very it's very um, it's unique. But if you have ten thousand copies of that art artwork, it's now less unique, less important, um, and less valued. So I think you can that can be related a lot with human connection. So, um, the first tool that I have used is cold water immersion. Um, I have recently put up a post on my one of my Instagram accounts, Joel Clark Training, about cold water immersion, and it's been a great, it's been been a really great uh, tool to use, not only for the physical benefits. Um, of being able to be healthier, uh, being able to keep yourself warm in the cold. Um, it's a good cardiovascular exercise, you know, all these great benefits of being in the cold, being able to breathe properly, that's another one. Being able to breathe um, deep breaths and using those deep breaths to keep yourself focused on staying warm, but also actually I think it, it brings about a bit of a meditative state something else obviously I've mentioned in the past about mindfulness um, but yeah it, there's a lot of benefits to the cold water um, and I think it comes back to this uh, suffering and, and being able to you know don't wait don't brace for catastrophe face the demands of life voluntarily I think another I can't remember what the specific quote is from from Jordan Peterson but it was kind of that which you approach voluntarily shrinks. Uh, so if you have a fear, um, maybe it's a fear of heights and you say, you know, I'm so scared of that, I'm not gonna do it. That fear is always gonna be really massive. And the only thing you're gonna do to improve that is approach it. So walk to the edge of the cliff, look down, see, see what it is that you are scared of. Maybe do, maybe go uh, co-steering and jump off the cliff into the water. Obviously, make sure it's safe, but it's that, that, that kind of principle. Do something that you're scared of. And then when you come around to it the next time, yeah, that fear is probably still very, very present. But in your past, you know you've done it before. Um, and whether the fear itself becomes less because... You know, it's it's a pretty uh, pretty normal response to be scared of heights because it's quite a dangerous thing. You know, it's quite a physically dangerous thing falling off a falling off something very high and then almost falling to your death. Um, so whether the fear itself or the danger actually shrinks or not, I I doubt it. I think it's more so that you get better at dealing with that. You get stronger. Um, and you have the tools to better cope with the fear um, of jumping off a cliff or um, maybe you fear talking in front of large crowds. So 
you know, you've got to start somewhere. You've got to just say, I'm going to do this. I might be shitting myself the entire time, but if I do this now, it's going to be easier the next time. It's going to be easier the time after that. And that comes, and I think that's where I find the benefits in cold water swimming. <clears throat> or just, just without swimming, just the immersion. Getting, <laughs> walking to the uh, riverside at, uh, it kind of in January where it's two degrees outside and I'm in my coat, my jumper, my tracky bottoms and a scarf maybe, gloves, hat, everything. And I just have to take everything off. It's down to my uh, swim trunks and get in the water. That's a real challenge. That's a that's a, something that, it, it's, a, it's a slight fear in a sense. It's something that I don't want to do but if I can voluntarily put myself in that position, I will get better at doing that. Get better at doing that specific thing, but also get better at doing the the act of approaching something that I fear, approaching something that I don't want to do. And that can be transferred a lot over um, with, maybe you're doing a job that you hate um, and actually Obviously, it's a little bit difficult because, you know, that's something you have to do every single day. But to have that in the back of your mind, like, you know, if I keep going through with this, if I keep doing it, it's going to get a little bit easier. Um, and another thing with the cold water, it is cold. It is a bit of suffering. Um, and the colder it gets, you know, it's only end of September now. If it pushes through into December, January, sometimes February, um, it's going to be a lot colder. The suffering part of it is going to be greater. And I think the physical, being able to put yourself in the suffering, knowing that it's going to be cold, knowing that you will suffer for 10 to 20 minutes, has great applicability you know you can suffer in the water for 10-15 minutes out of your day breathe like mad really deep breaths try and you'll be shivering you'll be really cold and you might want to get out and then you get out warm up a bit go home eat some food and you've just done you you've overcome that fear or or that deterrent of not wanting to get in and you did it and and i think it makes other stresses of your life you know being in the cold is a massive stressor it makes other stresses of your life road rage in a traffic jam or something you're just like so annoyed that there's traffic um anything those small stresses or those stresses that might have affected you massively you might have reacted you might have let that thing you might have held on to that uh, emotion um, of rage, like road rage um, and other things like that, it then becomes a little bit less, you know, it, it doesn't really seem as bad anymore because you know how cold and you know how you can, you can voluntarily put yourself in that position of suffering. This now no longer seems like so, so much of a big deal. Um, so yeah, I think it has a great applicability there. Um, not only is it great for the mind and, and for that ability to put yourself in a position that you don't really want to be in and overcome that, um, it also has great physical benefits just in terms of exercise, recovery. Um, yeah, moving on to mindfulness. So this is something that I have been doing for a year maybe um, a little bit longer maybe and it's something that I think I started because I was interested in uh, psychedelics I was interested in pursuing some future psychedelic trips I mean I've, I've still yet to go to Peru I would like to go to Peru and I would like to have an ayahuasca ceremony and looking at videos online about almost you know, psychedelics is not something to mess with. It can be very detrimental and people do have psychotic breaks. So with that in mind, you need to prepare properly. 
Um, and looking online, they were talking about, well, you know, you shouldn't, you can go into it just not knowing anything and see how it ends up. Maybe not the best idea. Um, but a lot of them, a lot of the people I watched online who recommended it, um, recommended doing kind of meditation, mindfulness practice each day uh, as a daily practice to almost get better with the the nature of consciousness, the ability to understand how it is, what we are and what, what the experience of being is. You have your five, you have your five main senses, but you also have thoughts. Um, and just being able to sit, focus on the breath, whether it's the sound of the breath, the sight the, of the, the back of your eyes, you know, it's not, even though your eyes are closed, there is still sight. Um, and actually you do have that visual field constantly, um, same as sensations, you know, you can feel this almost vibration in your body. If you are just sat down, you can feel the tension of your muscles and you can also be aware or learn to be aware of your thoughts and that if you are focused on something, thoughts are just going to appear when, when, when your focal point was, I want to focus on my breath. And then you just start thinking about something different. You need to recognize that and recognize that you didn't have any control in seeing what you see, hearing what you hear, or thinking what you think. Being able to recognize those things, recognize that the, the five senses that generally, okay, yeah, well, of course I don't control what I see, um, or of course I don't uh, control what I hear. Recognizing that with thoughts is really, really important. And bringing it back to mental health, you know, if you are having a not a mental health crisis, I don't know whether you could call it that, um, but a period of, of your life where your mental health isn't very good, um, maybe you're, you've got a lot of anxieties, um, maybe you're feeling depressed, there's just a whole range of things that can be under the bracket of bad mental health. Being able to be aware of maybe you're having these negative emotions, being aware that you didn't decide to have those negative emotions can detach you a little bit from uh, the emotions themselves and better handle those. <clears throat> um, another thing, um, not mindfulness, um, but talking about mental health and having those bad, you know, sometimes it can be really bad. You can wake up well, normally if sometimes if you're stressed, normally if you go to bed and you wake up the next morning, you feel okay. Sometimes that's not the case. Sometimes you wake up and you've just, you've just, you've slept the whole night and then you wake up and you feel miserable. And that's really, really daunting. It's quite scary. It's quite, uh, upsetting and it's quite, um, you feel a little bit helpless because you just, you know, you can't, you can't just go to bed and everything will be fine in the morning. You have to work it through or you just have to deal with it. Um, and dealing with it is what you have to do. You know, you can't ignore it. Some people will. And I think a massive thing that I did, um, I'm grateful that during the COVID lockdowns, I was, I lived by the sea, so I was able to go out, go out for a walk and I would sit on the cliffs and my mind would race, you know, I'd have lots and lots of thoughts. Um, and sometimes I, I would feel quite lonely, you know, during the lockdowns. Okay. I'm with my family. There are people around me. I'm not physically isolated on my own, but it felt very much like a mental isolation. You know, I'm probably not going to talk to my brothers about my mental health. I'm probably not going to talk to my parents about my mental health. That has now changed, I think. And I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that I'm now able to open up to my parents more about those kind of things. Um, brothers, not so much, just because it's, I, I don't necessarily need to. I think I have the, the foundations within my parents, which is great. 
Um, and I'm grateful for that. And I know some people don't have that. But during that period where and this is where that wasn't necessarily what I wanted to do, and there are still things that I won't tell my parents um, that I will keep to myself and that I'll try and work out myself. I think that's being aware of how complicated you are, being aware that you didn't decide to think the thoughts that you think, yet you have all of these thoughts and you have all of these unbelievably uncontrollable emotions and and things that take over your day and you just can't deal with it. Um, it's quite hard to know somebody else. And when you don't even know yourself, you don't even know why you're feeling the way that you feel, it's quite hard to think that somebody else is going to be able to help you better. Um, in some cases, that, that is going to help. Talking to other people does help. And that's something that I didn't necessarily do very much. Um, it's something I'm doing more now. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely something that I... I'm doing more now. Um, but the main thing that I did going out onto the cliffs and, and doing some, just having a walk, talking to myself sounds a bit odd. Um, sometimes you see people out in the streets talking to themselves. You think, what a weirdo, what a crazy person. Um, you know, we have the conversation in our heads talking to ourselves and some people have them out loud. Um, I would get my camera and get, I'd get my phone and I put it on selfie mode and I just hit record and I would talk as if I'm talking to someone else. Maybe I'm talking to the future me. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't normally share the videos um, of, I wouldn't normally share these videos. I'd either delete them straight away afterwards or I'd hold, hold on to them and I'd listen to them maybe. Uh, the next day or later in the day but it would give me an opportunity to almost monologue give give this talk to my future self or someone else as if I was talking to someone else and go through oh hey so today uh, I did this thing and I felt really rubbish and I thought I was going to feel better in the morning when I woke up and I didn't um, and I don't really know what, what to do about that. I don't, I don't know how I feel. I don't know why I'm feeling like this. You can, you can go through the motions of breaking every single thing down, every single thing that you feel and you, that you think, speak it out. Because once it's spoken, once it's recorded, I think that's a massive, massive thing. Once it's recorded, you know it's there. You know that you've been able to articulate that's a massive thing as well if you can articulate the emotions and the thoughts that you have you can then you then no longer have to hold on to that you know it's like it's like a shopping list you know you can either try and remember all of it in your head all the number of things that you need to remember or you can write it down and forget about it and then check the list so when the thoughts and 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 these uh, this mental your mental health isn't so great and it's quite overwhelming, speak it out um, as long as you need to hours if it needs to be, save it, and then you can kind of wipe the whiteboard clean. You can you can let your mind go elsewhere because you know it's recorded. You know, you know it's not that it's not important and that you can forget about it. It's important, but you have it recorded. You have it articulated. You can move on, do something else. And then when you feel slightly different, um, or even when you don't feel slightly different, if you feel exactly the same, you can listen to yourself say, you can see how your facial expressions change. You can see, maybe you'll start crying on camera. I, I know I did that. Um, I would cry and talk to myself and, and it would be, yeah, it definitely helped um, because I could hear the things that I was thinking. I didn't have to think it through. I could just listen. I could just watch. Um, and, 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 and it would be as if I was talking to myself in the future. You know, I could talk to my future self and say how I was feeling. Um, and I could listen to that and then compare it. And maybe I would be feeling slightly different, you know, in a slightly different state. 
and maybe you would start to think in things slightly differently. Um, but that was a massive thing, just being able to talk to myself or talk to my future self using the technology um, of just a camera, being able to record um, your voice, being able to record your, your facial expressions um, is really, really key. And didn't necessarily find that anywhere. There wasn't anything that was like, oh, you should talk to yourself. It's like, I think I, I think it was along the lines of, you know, if I don't know who I am, goodness knows, like, how, how on earth is somebody else going to know who I am and, like, what's going on? Um, so I really need to try and figure this out. So I would talk as if I was talking to someone else, but to myself, and then I could listen back to that, maybe delete it after I've listened to it because it served its purpose, or maybe hold on to it. And if there was something that really held true to how I felt, um, I think part way I, I, I spoke about almost like a puzzle like a puzzle um, a, a, a jigsaw puzzle and you know I felt like a piece that just didn't fit in um, and being able to just articulate that being able to articulate it as if you're talking to someone else can help align your thoughts a little bit better um, and just put things into a bit more of a manageable um you know, if we go through those five plus thoughts, senses, you not just only have your thoughts now, but you have thoughts, you have sight, you have sound. And actually having more than just that one uh, perception to deal with the way that you're feeling and thinking is really important. Um, and I think uh, has a lot of benefits to it. So that is self-talk. Uh, and obviously you can talk to other people as well. Um, but if you're going to talk to someone, be truthful, be honest. Don't just, you know, you can't, you, you, you're not going to go, I don't think it's going to help very much if you talk to someone um, and you're not honest with them. You know, you could tell them slightly how you feel, but not all the way. I think you need to be 100% with it and really be honest, really be open and just break down everything as it is. <laughs> okay, returning to psychedelics, this is something that I obviously mentioned with the mindfulness practice, and that was something that I adopted to try and improve psychedelic experiences and be able to prevent a bad trip. I think if you are open and you have more experience in just knowing how how consciousness is how the experience of being is and how you don't really necessarily have much control over the things that you think and see and hear taking that into a psychedelic experience can make the overwhelmingness of the experience less um it can make it more manageable i don't think it makes it less overwhelming it's still extremely overwhelming but it makes it more manageable um, and I think you can, there's, there's less reactivity in, in the things that you do. You don't think something crazy and then have to do something immediately about it. You can maybe, hopefully with the mindfulness practice, just sit back down and, and, and almost just experience what you are experiencing. That is very much mindfulness. You need to sit um, and experience what you're experiencing and really try and focus on that. And then, especially in a psychedelic state, you are going to be experiencing things that you not might not necessarily have experienced before um, or to the extent that the psychedelic experience uh, provides. Won't go too much further into that um, because it's probably something that not many people have done or do, but it has this it has a great applicability and and, and return just one more thing on psychedelics it allows i think i've used this analogy before but um like footsteps in the snow or tracks in the snow like a, on a ski ramp you know your your normal trains of thought something happens something bad happens and you go down the tracks you go down that track every single time something bad happens 
psychedelic experiences can almost set a new uh, shake the snow globe or set a new layer of snow so that actually those tracks are less defined um, and now you can take a slightly different route something bad happens and you're not necessarily fixed to that one track of uh, response that one train of thought oh my goodness everything's going wrong I can't deal with it you can calm down you can take a different approach um, psychedelics can help uh, almost put links together that might not necessarily have been there in the first place you can start to make greater a wider range of associations and you would than you would normally have um, and with that for mental health you can start putting links together that wouldn't necessarily have been there you might think oh why why on earth is this thing happening to me happening to me um i don't deserve this what what's going on and i think the psychedelics can take those truths that you hold dear the things that you think are true and break them apart a little bit and make you question things more make you open to those new associations well maybe it was this maybe it was something else maybe i can put these two together and you can look at patterns and you can start to put things together and i think psychedelics alongside mindfulness can have um some really great benefits and there is a lot of uh evidence behind psychedelic experiences and mental health end of life depression uh i think episode three of the Mindful Psychonaut podcast is all about psychedelics and a lot of that research. So if you haven't listened to that already, I would highly advise you do. Um, and finally, returning to Jordan Peterson, he's been a massive educator for me um, in the realm of psychology and just understanding what it means to be a person and the and the motivations behind the things that we do and how we are the way that we are. Um, I have started the self-authoring program, almost finished it actually. Um, so this is a program that he offers um, on his website. And essentially this, this comes along with, it's in four parts. So you have a future authoring, past authoring, and then two present authoring programs and each of those present authoring programs one of them is about your virtues and one of them is about your faults so when i talk about self-authoring this is essentially a website where it will break down maybe if we go for the uh, present authoring program faults so that's the first one i did and it will break down each of the uh general traits that you have and habits that fall underneath those traits um, and you can your, your list through the habits that you have um, and actually then then it breaks it down even further and it'll say well how has this habit specifically inhibited you and what what uh, circumstance has this habit been present and has led to something happening um, what could have been done better in that situation and how can that habit be applied or improved as a whole um, uh, rather than just that specific situation and you would take those three things you know the specific situation um, how that can be improved or how that could have possibly been worsened um, and then how that can be applied as a greater overall thing for your life rather than just that specific situation and that follows that's a very similar trend across all of the future authoring um past authoring all of those things um and it just makes you think about the different things that you have in your life and, and the impacts that it might have you know you might have cheated on someone in a, in a previous relationship or have been cheated on and you immediately make you you put the connections together and that is what happened but if you can then break it down and say well this is what happened in this situation now i'm in this situation how could have that situation been worse how could it have been better and how does that apply to the rest of my life and 
alongside the uh, self-authoring program. Just all of his lectures have been, he's a very, very knowledgeable person. Um, and there's a lot to be, a lot to be learned from him. And I think my experience of the self-authoring program, it has been really great. It's been really interesting to write about my life and write about things that I want to do in the future um, and really break it down in a way that I've never really broken it down before, or at least into such a detail, uh, detail that it does. Um, and I think similar to the self-talk intervention, uh, being able to articulate your thoughts, being able to articulate not only through speech in the self-talk, but through typing um, in the self-authoring program, it, it it works quite nicely in that program. You know, you start off quite broad, um, and then as you go through the program, it's it helps you refine that more and and break out into more detail, um, and that is, yeah, has been really really great for me just to. Uh, rethink through past events in my life that might have been traumatic um, that I might still think about to this day that have been three four years ago um, and yeah it, it helps me deal with that a lot better and, and I think can help me and I think I, I've learned a lot more um, through that you know if you can understand a little bit more about your psychology um, listen to more of this podcast you might you might learn a bit more um but also if you can yeah if you can learn a bit more about the way that you are the way that you came to be and how that might have influenced the future you've got a lot to you can see the models that that cause you to be the way that you are the way that you learn things the way that children learn things uh, because you were once a child you know the way that you are today is because of yesterday and all the yesterdays that have ever been and that's something that has been so interesting and true to me over just that that concept of you know every yesterday led me to today the yesterday before that led me to yesterday and you can keep going back all the way to the day you were born um, and knowing that knowing that you know we we are creatures of habit we you do something every day you're likely to continue doing that if you do something once a week it's going to be quite difficult to continue doing that habit you know if you actually increase that to twice or three or four times a week you're more likely to adhere to that that's why if you're doing training um there's you know there there is Okay, sometimes you'll be motivated uh, in a training circumstance. You'll be motivated to go to go to the gym, and sometimes you won't. So if you can get in a habit or use those motivated times to go to the gym every single day, uh, maybe not every day, most days of the week, you can then ingrain that habit on the days that you don't want to go to the gym anymore. You don't have that motivation. It's already built in. You know, you're more likely to go and get it done because it's built as a habit. Brushing your teeth. It's something that most people wouldn't even think about not doing um, because it's such a early habit to be ingrained in. You know, you do that as a child. That's something that you learn. Um, even potty training, you know, uh, you're either just going to cheat yourself as a child um, and then you're eventually going to learn not to shit yourself and you will go to the toilet. So it's such a bit of a crude thing there, but it is so applicable and, and being able to learn more and understand more about the way that you are, the way that you change, the way that the way that you can change and, and just getting a, a greater understanding of how you've come to be where you are now can help you work through past um, past traumas, past events, uh, past, well, work through your past and see how that's led up to where you are now. And knowing that can help you better direct yourself in the future. Um, and, you know, I think it comes back to this mental health thing, you know, mental health 
is this variable that that will change from time to time. Um, but I think knowing where you've come from, where you are now, and where you're going is so important. Just, you know, you're not necessarily going to know where you are in the future, but to know where you've come from in terms of the habits or the actions that have led to what you are now. Um, and to then start to, okay, well, if I'm a creature of habit, if, if, if I did these actions in the past and now I have this great habit formed or did these actions in the past and now I have a really bad habit, whether it's takeaways every night or gambling or whatever it might be, if you can understand that a little bit better, you can better prepare yourself for the future. Um, and knowing that life, you know, being suffering is true. Suffering will always be there. I think it's better to learn more and better prepare yourself for the future, for those the suffering that is going to occur. Um, because you can better prepare for it, and I think you will be greatly um, appreciative of the things that you have learnt in those times of suffering. Um, and even if maybe you're not appreciative of it, other people in your family and your and your circle will be appreciative of it. I think. One more quote from Jordan Peterson. It's a lot, a lot today, but um, I think it's be the strongest man on your at, at, at your funeral or, or at your father's funeral. Um, and you know, it's not nice to think about my father dying eventually, um, however soon or late that might be. But it's going to happen at some point, and it's likely that. That will be within my lifetime. Hopefully I won't die before that happens. Um, but, you know, it, I think you would like to be the person that people can rely on and that, that people can be supported by and you can be the strong person to deal with the suffering and, and support other people um, in, in, in times of suffering like that. So, yeah. Hopefully that has been useful. Um, a few of the interventions that I use, so cold water, immersion, embrace the suffering, approach that which you fear, mindfulness practice, um, a great daily habit to build in. You know, sometimes you're not motivated, but if you can do that every day, you're going to build a habit out of it. Psychedelics, not necessarily something that everybody has to use. Um, but has been very eye-opening and has allowed me to to open up my associations, have a wider range of associations with certain things. Um, Self-talk has been a really great one. I think that's probably one of my um, one of my favourites because you know if you're embarrassed to talk to other people, if you're not confident enough, if you don't feel like you have someone to talk to you have yourself, you know, and, and I think that comes back to the suffering side of things, you know, everybody that you love will eventually die, or you will die before, and you will no longer know them, and actually knowing that, you, you feel quite lonely and quite isolated, um, and I think that really brings about this importance of being able, being comfortable with yourself, being able to talk to yourself uh, because you can work things through. And, and I think it's important to try and do that. Uh, and even if you want to try and talk to someone else, but you can't do it, you know, it, it's too difficult. You can record that video and maybe send it to someone else. Um, and, and then you don't have to have the conversation in person, but you have spoken everything that you need to speak. Um, without the embarrassment or without the fear of someone being right in front of you. Uh, and finally, the self-authoring program. Not necessarily something that people have to do, um, but it again comes back to this ability to articulate the way that you feel um, and, and, and the way that... Yeah, the, the way that you feel, essentially. You know, it, it, it can feel like a big scribble on a piece of paper. Uh, all your thoughts just everywhere um, but if you can 
write it down, speak it out, it's going to become a little bit more like reformed sentences. Uh, so hopefully you have found this video helpful. Hopefully um, some of these techniques you might already been using. If you haven't already, I would highly advise that you try some of them. Um, and if you think that this is really useful, I mean, mental health is a very, very important thing. Um, and you know, more people need to talk about, more people need to talk about it, but also need to know how to deal with it. There's okay, cool. You've, you've spoken that, about it and you've told everyone that you, or told your family and friends that you have mental health, but sometimes it's quite difficult to know what to do about that. Maybe you're not the one with the mental health issues. Maybe you know somebody else. Um, that is in this situation uh, and you struggle to know how to help them I think send them this video uh, it's 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 uh, or send them some information and maybe suggest to them some of the interventions that I've mentioned here um, because they've helped me a lot um, there is definitely some science behind some of the interventions I've spoken about um, but just from a personal standpoint, anecdotally, this has been a great benefit to me. Um, and it's also knowing that, you know, these tools that you learn now and ingrain um, as a habit, or at least once you've learned them, you have them for life. You know, obviously you're going to come a little bit out of practice if you don't use them. But mental health is something that changes all the time. Suffering is innate to being. Um, knowing that when something, when, when suffering is greater in your life, when someone passes away, uh, when a relationship ceases, you are going to need to use these tools. Um, and I think having more of the tools available to you, um, having a greater education on why those tools might help and, and the psychology behind it is, is really important. So hopefully you've enjoyed the episode. Do feel free to share with other people uh, um, because it really does mean a lot to me. Uh, I can get the word out to more people. And I think this is really important, especially in the topic of mental health. Apart from that, hopefully you enjoyed the episode and I will talk to you soon.